What's going on, everybody? Welcome in. Welcome back from a huge weekend in Canadian football. We have crowned a champion in U Sports football. The Vanier Cup was played and in the, the Big Ten. Whoa, whoa, bury the lead much, Connor. I didn't whoa. want to, like, I'm not going to be the one to say it. You're Michigan Wolverines. Hello. First time since 2004. First time since Chad Henney. Hail to the victors. Go blue. You still got to get through Georgia, though, but I'm less afraid of hey, Georgia well, than I am of Alabama. What a great place. Wait, wait, wait. You're scared of Alabama? Because last Thursday no. you said there's not an SEC team that scares me. There's not. Okay. Did you see the, the whooping that Alabama laid down? Right, but Georgia looked like a bunch of children. Well, Michigan can play. Here's my thing with this. Michigan can play the same style of football as Alabama just played against Georgia and win the game. Plus, I think Michigan has a better defense. And who's running the ball? Yes. Who is running the ball in the country right now like the Michigan Wolverines? They can do it with three guys. eh? Like, yeah, the Edwards, Corum and And Haskins. Haskins, like the three of them, like either one of them can house a 70 yarder at the end. Hell, McCarthy can have 70 yards, too. He is Did you fast. see the block he made on, yeah, the, he, on the – oh, my goodness. On Haskins' big touchdown. Yeah. He caught up to Haskins, blocked someone, and then caught up to him again. Yeah. Like, Man, that was hell. an incredible play. Incredible play from Haskins, but I was, more, I was more blown away by the play that McCarthy made on that. Now, McCarthy needs to be careful fumbling the football when he's carrying it. But, yes, yes, yes. We know. But <laughs> – but uh, no, your Michigan Wolverines, big number two ranking. I'm not going to get nice ahead of myself part. here. I have absolutely nothing left to look forward to in the football season for the NFL and the CFL because both my teams are out. I'm still very excited Connor, for the Grey Cup. The Lions, the Lions got their first win as well, Connor. This is just a great weekend for you. Okay, we're getting we're getting to our stuff in a second, but this is <laughs> I said I hell of a Connor, weekend. I texted Connor at like 4.30. I was like, when it rains, it pours for you, doesn't it? <laughs> like, <laughs> we went two for two in our picks. <laughs> we did. We got we got Hamilton and Winnipeg. With the Saskatchewan cover. Uh, then we also got Connor's Lions getting their first win with Amon Ross St. Brown, one of Connor's favorite draft picks that they had. My guy. And then your Wolverines with my guy, Jimothy Harbaugh, and his khakis. Uh, they got the Big Ten win. I texted you. It was like 14 nothing. I texted you. I was like, hail to the victors. There we go. <laughs> like, I know. Too. I said, I was like, joke, half jokingly, half serious. Though. I, I was like, hey, 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 pump the brakes, pump the brakes. It's still early. Like, this is the Michigan collapse. How Harbaugh would it be to beat Ohio State and then lose your championship? I also said, this is the start of how Notre Dame gets in. Thank God Michigan pulled through because I don't think I could have bared to see the Notre Dame fighting Irish undeservingly in the college football playoffs again. Uh, I was hoping you guys would land Cincy, but let's move into our main content for today. We'll get away from Connor's hell of a weekend. Uh, first and foremost, we want to remind you guys that Sada City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews, including their winter beers, and to learn more. For December, Still the code CFL is a great cup is up and coming. Make sure to use that for free shipping on your first order over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only must be of legal drinking age. And don't forget to get geared up for game day with Fox 40, the worldwide leaders in whistle technology. 
box40shop.com. Check out all their great products. They have tons of coaching gear, whistles, boards, hats, hoodies, whatever you want. Check out the brand new Sonic Blast CMG whistle as well. You can be heard over the loudest of crowds because that thing goes up to 120 decibels. It is loud as heck. And while you're there at checkout, use CFP15 for 15% off of your order. Again, that's fox40shop.com, the worldwide leaders in whistle tech. What the heck is going on in Toronto, dude? What is up? Uh, we'll start with the on-field stuff. So after the Argos got outscored 27-7 to in the second half, um, as the cameras usually do, they find both teams' quarterbacks, the winner and the loser. This is standard procedure for football, period, regular season, playoffs, you name oh, it. Man. Any game ever. It's co- I don't care if it's college, U sports, CFL, NFL, USFL, what are the, whatever the FL you want. Game ends, you're showing the quarterbacks. Like, that's just how it works. Like, and... and- one quarterback, in particular the losing quarterback, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, started to push the cameraman away. And after pushing him away and shooing him away, Shane Richards stepped in and probably said to screw off. Not in the mood. He's not in the mood. Please leave him alone. But the cameraman has to get that shot. That is his job. Uh, he's got a producer in his ear saying, I don't give a heck what Shane Richards is saying right now. You go get that shot. So he kept trying to get the shot and McLeod kept pushing him. Um, but quite frankly, he's trying to do his job. McLeod Bethel Thompson, you couldn't do yours. Yeah. Okay. I get that you're upset. I get that it's a home playoff loss. He's trying to do his job. You just had a chance to go out and do yours. You were an offer in the red zone uh, in the first half when you ended up kicking like what, like three field goals within the 20, two or three. Um, like, you couldn't do your job. He's trying to do his. Don't push him away and potentially injure him or damage camera equipment. Like, you yeah. can seriously hurt someone carrying a big 25-pound camera around. So Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, he's got to be a professional happy. in that. No, I, I totally agree. He's got to be and a like, professional in that instance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the and the dude played Division One college football. Like, how is he not... I don't know. I, I get it. I get the emotions are high. I get that you probably don't want a camera in your face, but you know what? You yes, you are a football player first and foremost, but this is a television product. It is a televised game. You have to know that these cameras are coming for you after a loss. I mean, they would have come for Evans and Masoli had Hamilton lost as well, just the same. It's not that it's you, but you're the quarterback. You lost. I don't know. I don't like it. You're the I face think it of the pretty... franchise. You're the one they wanted promoting your game at the Raptors. Somebody you're... is getting paid to get your reaction shot. And you're and getting it... paid to win football games and be the leader and the face of an organization. You know and it's coming. This whole pregame debacle, before it even started up in the concourse in the stands, started on the field with McLeod Bethel-Thompson pushing a cameraman. So um, I think DT had it best. If you don't like this McLeod Bethel-Thompson, two things. One win the damn game and number two get a job that isn't putting you on national television or continental television because it's on espn2 as well like people see that product and they see you pushing cameramen like i'm sorry you lost i'm sorry you didn't play well uh 
that doesn't mean you take it out on some innocent cameraman who's making like a quarter of your wage. And then to double down and not show up to media. Yeah. Like post game availability, you just say, no, thanks. Like, come on, that's grow up. I want to say it's childish, but grow up is the main thing. You lost the, not you, but your team lost the game. You are the quarterback. Obviously people are going to want to, people want to hear from like three people after a loss like this, the coach, the quarterback, and maybe the kicker if he had a bad game, but he didn't because he was the only person who put points on the board for you guys in this one. But yeah, I don't know. I don't like this whole camera incident, but it didn't end here with this game. It didn't end here with the off field antics. I don't, I don't want to call it antics, but like there was some ridiculous stuff going on here. So we'll start off as the players are leaving the field. Allegedly, a Hamilton fan spat beer onto Chris Edwards, number six of the Toronto Argos. Which, uh, before we go any further, what the hell? Like, as a fan, grow up. Like, that's just asinine. No place for that in any sport, any sporting event, period. I don't care. You've paid your ticket to watch these guys. You don't need to go and do such a despicable act like that. Um, And he should be banned for life, probably will be banned for life from multiple CFL venues. My question for this guy who decided to spit his beer onto a CFL player who, by the way, this is his job. This is his game day. Game day is this dude's job. Would you go into your workplace if you weren't dressed in black and gold? Would you go into your workplace and spit a beer on somebody that you didn't like at your workplace just because you didn't like them? Would you do that? No. So why would you show up to a game dressed in black and gold, which is Chris Edwards' workplace, BMO Field, that day on Sunday was Chris Edwards' workplace and spit a beer on Chris Edwards? Grow up. Be respectful. You wouldn't um, do this to anybody anywhere else. So why? Like, just because the dude's wearing double blue. Like, if Chris Edwards was on your team, if Chris Edwards signs with Hamilton next year, you're going to cheer him on. It's ridiculous. Okay, but now let's talk about the reaction because this is, to me, just as big of an issue. For Chris Edwards... You see the guy that spits beer on you. You know that you're the professional athlete who's being paid to have cameras on him at all times. You know that there is going to be a phone pointed at you as soon as you come up the tunnel. Whether it's just a normal game, someone's filming you, some kid is going to be filming or taking pictures of you at all times as you're leaving the field. And instead of just pointing it out to security and saying, hey, this guy just spat at me like LeBron does in the NBA when he hears people on the sidelines chirping at him and saying rude things. Just saying, hey, this guy, get him out of here. Edwards decides to go up into the concourse and take matters into his own hands and open up the fight club towards the Argos Tunnel. Yeah, I mean, I... I don't know. Like, I, I get the reaction. Like, if I got spat, if I was a player and I got spat on too, I would immediately be seeing red. Immediately. I, I It's a high-stakes game. It's a high-emotions environment. It's a team that you don't like. It's a fan base that you don't like. I get all of that. I get this rivalry. I get what it means to both cities and both teams. But I don't know, man. Like, I, I totally would have been seeing red in this one. And I totally probably, like, I know my own self. I'm a pretty big hothead. I probably would have been up in the stands too but looking back on it if especially in this situation where 
it's a league like the Canadian Football League. This is a big time product. You have cameras everywhere in the stadium, not only TSN cameras, but you have people with cell phones now with freaking three cameras on one phone now at a time. So, yeah, you know that there's going to be cameras pointed on you as soon as your gloves hit the metal and you start climbing over the barrier. So I, I don't know, like I wish that I understand the reaction, but I wish that Chris Edwards would, would have just taken a moment and been like, okay, what happens if I jump into the stands, what happens after once I'm up there, then what that's like, that's kind of the question that I wish he asked himself. And then what is what happened? Then what ensued swings on the fan fan swings on him. I do want to say though, yeah, as, credit, credit to Dejan. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he saw something was going down and instead of just running around the tunnel, he hopped up the fence into the concourse to try to separate Edwards. Uh, and then the guy swung at both of them and he kind of pushed them away. Uh, and kind of like tried to hold the fan against the wall until uh, the security was able to get there. He promptly backed Edwards away from the situation and kept trying to diffuse and deflate. Yeah. And he even like, I think you can hear a bit of it in one of the audio. Like, you can hear him say like, hell no, man, like, let's get out of here. Like, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, so kudos to Dejan Brissett, despite being a rookie, still trying to make. Like, he was like the second guy over the wall. Like he was he, the first he guy that immediately recognized. Oh, sorry, say yeah, second guy after Chris Edwards. I mean, but immediately recognized the situation, like you said, and was kind of uh, like it wasn't in, like it wasn't an aggressive push on the fan or anything. It was just kind of like we got to get this guy away from Chris Edwards, and we got to get Chris Edwards away from this guy. Brought security in. Um, yeah, it was just a, a, and a then good kind of snap. Further decision. down the tunnel, the VP oh player goodness. personnel was getting it into with the fan, like. I understand the players because they just had this high emotion game, but as an executive of the Argos, honestly, like what prompts you to get into this arguing match to begin with with a fan? Like I can't tell you what was said or what went on, but you're already engaged with a fan and then you start pushing and shoving and the fan keeps reaching over at you, but you're not walking away. You are literally staying there yelling at him as well. Um, like, come on, like fan, you get the same treatment as the other guy, like grow up. You are going to be banned from multiple CFL venues for very good reason. Mm-hmm. But the executive, like you have no reason to stand there and try to chirp with a fan. Like, who? yeah, like who as the that? executive, you're already winning. You are in a game for free that myself and everybody else there had to pay to be at. You are already winning. You walked into that game for free. You had nice warm seats up in the box. You won. Let that guy chirp. He had to sit in the cold to chirp you all game long. I had to pay to sit in the cold to watch this game. You're in the box. You're warm, and you walked in for free. You won. You won with that fan. Let it go. But, like, why stand and chirp? Like, this is just so – some of this stuff, I, know. Like, I can't tell you what was said, and – and again, Obviously, the reactions are pitiful and the fans' actions are not okay at all. But and you as a Tie Cats the- fan, right? Like you understand what this rivalry is to its very yeah. fiber, to its very core. But these reactions are absurd. You said it best. Asinine was the best word. It is. And the reaction from the members involved on the Argo side, just as asinine. Like you literally have media and PR training. For all of this stuff, your season is over. I get it. It sucks. It 
sucks to lose, especially in the playoffs, but you're a VP of player personnel. Like, what are you doing chirping with a fan? Like, just tune it out, walk to your change room, and notify security on your way. Say, like, hey, this guy's shouting obscenities at me. Like, can we please escort him out? Or he said some vulgar, rude comments that were very offside. Can you please escort him out? Just keep walking. Take the high road. Be the bigger person. Um, Not hard. Let's talk about the physical games because (laughs) there was still football played despite everything else that went on there was a mugging on the field not just the ones that went on off the field uh and that mugging was the hamilton tiger cats after going down 12 nothing dane evans with the most clutch quarterback strip of all time can we say Oh man, this was after completing like... a pass. Uh, someone fumbled on the Ty Cats. Name is blanking on me, but as they're returning it, uh, Dane Evans just out of nowhere, the last hope to save a touchdown, strips the ball and just kind of stands up and goes, "All right, we saved the points. Let's go." Yeah. So and like I, I do want to say on this before we get to the strip, heads up play by Enoch Mwamba. To kind of find the faster guy. He was like, okay, I know I'm not trucking my ass down the field that quickly. So he turns around and finds a guy that's a little bit faster. Uh, A great heads up play by Enoch Wumbo, but even better play by Dane Evans to realize and recognize that the DB running down the field was holding the thing like Like a loaf of bread. It was. (laughs) And he just took it back and said, that's my ball. Um, Yeah, no, that was an incredible play from Dane Evans and kind of like, it really did. It, it feels weird to say because Toronto was still up 12 nothing at this point in the game, but it really did feel like the air of the Argos fans just kind of left the stadium after that play. So that play allowed them to go into the half only down 12 nothing. I mean, the defense was tight in the red zone all game, uh, but it, it, was, it allowed them, because it was a change of possession and get out, it allowed them to just kneel it out avoid any kind of points, any kind of two-minute offense from the Argos and get out of Dodge. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And then, you know, turn around. What happens next when you start the second half? Oh, a little Poppy White touchdown. Oh, a little Jalen Acklin action up the seam. Like, Hamilton completely – Toronto, I will say, in that game, Toronto was the the better-looking team in the first few kind of like – I would say first quarter and a half of that game. Toronto really did look like they had control of this game – BD was kicking great and Toronto couldn't score. And that's really the issue here with the Argos is, you know, what three times they had phenomenal opportunities in the red zone and nothing like my issue. I was talking to you about this off air. My issue with Toronto when they're in the red zone in these situations is not that it was bad play calling, not that it was like, you know, not the right call to make, but it was just the fact that everybody knew it was coming including the Hamilton defense, who you could see knew exactly what was going on, was reacting very quickly, knew what was happening, knew the play calls. My my issue that I take up with Toronto in the red zone in this game is if that's the call you're going with, I'm fine with it. The play calls that you ran, I'm I'm fine with for the most part because those are pretty standard play calls that we see on the goal line in and out of Canadian football, U sports, CFL, but good Lord, man add a little window dressing, maybe show it as a different look. I don't know. Throw Hamilton something that they haven't seen out of that or with that same action in behind that you want to run. But like, 
you've played them four times going into this game, you know that they're going to be all over your tendencies. So when you get down into the red zone, why would you, like, is it arrogance? Like, yeah, we've played you four times. We know we're better. We're going to run the same thing and still beat you. Like, is that, I don't want to say that's what it was, but it kind of comes across that way if you're just going to try and run the same plays. But uh, when you look at, this game special teams really did swing the momentum poppy white had a big like 100 yard punt return touchdown uh it was electric then uh instead of kicking a field goal to make it 12 9 uh coach reinbolt drew up a like disguised fake i guess uh the players executed it perfectly but they lined up for a field goal dane evans of course is the holder all of a sudden they all just motion everyone just motions far far out clears it out spreads out the box and dane just runs for the two yards and picks up the first i like uh, that play a lot like there was there was so much chaos on created on that play but i don't know if you if you walk up and you see dane evans is the holder and it's you know third and whatever though he usually is the. Holder. i know I, I know he usually is but if it, in a game like this when you see you could kind of see it on the walk up. Dane Evans had a little bit extra swagger getting into that knee for the hold. I don't know, man, like third and whatever in a game like this, you got to know, or you at least got to have it in the back of your mind that something has to be happening on this play. Just the air in the stadium didn't feel right. It didn't feel like a field goal. Lo and behold, Dane Evans does what he does, runs for the first down. And like you're saying, that swung the game. And at that point, then the Ackland touchdown happened like right after too. So yeah. They uh they were able to capitalize on the fake. Um so now they get a home playoff game, home gray cup. Home uh, gray cup. And we you gotta, gotta be riding with Evans, right? Yes, you hundred percent have to ride with Evans. Um hundred percent. I, I don't care what you think you have in Mazzoli. Um Evans just had sixteen of sixteen in relief, like He's a relief pitcher in the East final and he throws a no, no through. <laughs> That's a great comp. It is. It really is. Yeah. I mean, my, my thing with like this whole, like, cause we've seen it. We, this has been a storyline since 2019, like this whole back and forth with Evans and Masoli, both are great. But I think the vaccination like issue and Mazzoli's injury history. I, I just think that Dane Evans Evans brings you consistency where Masoli brings you electricity. Higher ceiling, lower floor. Exactly. Versus just like a straight up consistent being in Dane Evans. Um, But they get a rematch in the Grey Cup. Uh, Winterpeg was in full effect. It was like minus 17. They had like a foot of snow. It was just perfect Canadian football uh, weather for those sitting and watching from home. I could not imagine it would be too warm to play in. I don't know, but, uh, man. There's there's two sides of this perfect Canadian football weather argument. I think I'm on the side of like a nice August night with a cold beer in my hand. I like nah, I like uh I like a three three to five degree October evening uh in the fall. That's what that's what I like. The hoodie and shorts combo is pretty deadly. That's some <laughs> nice Canadian weather. That's some nice Canadian football but, weather. But uh in Winnipeg. This is how good Winnipeg is. I, I don't want to sp- talk too much about this game because it's just baffling. Um, Winnipeg is such a good team that they can afford to have six turnovers in a conference final and still win the game. 
I, I don't know what to say. Like what, what more can we say about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers that hasn't been said by anybody else that hasn't been said by us that hasn't been said by whoever else. I mean, Good Lord, dude. This team is just so good top to bottom. The fact that Stacked. the fact that they can turn the ball over six times and win the game is ridiculous. That's insane. You shouldn't be able to do that. If you turn the ball over six times, you should be losing at least 35 to 10. At yeah, least. No, no, 100%. Like you should be, <laughs> you should be giving up like the six, the six points or six turnovers. You're hoping to get like 28 points. Or like twenty four, you should points. That's that's a those, realistic expectation. And like some of them put you into prime range. Like uh, Buka's big interception return, like took you all the way, or fumble return took you all the way into territory. Um, the fumble literally took points off the board for Winnipeg, and it didn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> they had another pick that was like. Uh, I think it was Dembski like caught it in the back of the end zone. And he kind of just like threw it back into the air and the DB picked it. I'm like, okay, so don't, you don't want to score the touchdown. That's fine. I understand. Um, Which is two. That's 14 <laughs> yeah. points that Winnipeg could have had and didn't need. Plus all the other drives. So like for Winnipeg, I'm just, I'm just laughing. Like your defense is that good that you give up six turnovers on offense and your defense like, yeah, that's okay. They're only going to score 17 this game. The like Willie I, Jefferson Jackson. If you didn't know what this game turned out to be, and I said you're gonna have six turnovers, what would you think? Like you think, oh, this team got shelled. No, no. Yes. Your defense held them to 17 points off of six turnovers. Shouldn't have. You're still like, you're still like, oh, well, it might have been a close loss then. No, no, you won the game. Oh, great. Okay. Um, so we do have our great cup rematch from 2019 winnipeg hamilton i'm sure we will not be the only ones talking about it on thursday but we will talk about it then i uh, i honestly thought you were gonna round that sentence out with champions i thought you were gonna say we have our gray cup champions <laughs> not uh, our gray cup matchup no we we'll get there on thursday we um, will get there on thursday but let's talk about the champions that were crowned this last weekend finally uh, the Western Mustangs 27-21 win over the Saskatchewan Huskies. It was a close game in the first half. Saskatchewan led by one point. But Griffin Campbell and the play-action game ended up being too much to handle. 27-21 Western win. We talked about this one a lot in the lead-up. Are we surprised by this? I think the answer is no. I don't think no. we are surprised that Western won the Vanier Cup. As much as we, like, both of us did say that we thought Saskatchewan well, had an edge in this game, we both did say it was going to be a close game. And at the end of that episode, we both did say, we're not going to be surprised if Western wins this by a touchdown well, or even you more. Say, didn't you say, like, 24-21 and pick the team that you think will be on top? Like, we both thought it would be a one-score game going either way. It, yeah. it, it's just who we thought matched up better uh but they did cool bet had their line come out at seven and a half if you got on that action early you covered it by a half point so kudos to the backdoor cover in the championship game the half um, point cover has got to be my favorite cover in all of sports i love the backdoor covers man. love the good uh, little half point <laughs> covers had a few of those this year the uh <laughs> the game played out though pretty much how we thought it would right like 
Yeah. Both teams would establish the run. Uh, play action would take over. Nice would get into a rhythmic passing game. And it would be, you know, whoever could convert on more over-the-top play action passes would kind of take it, right? Oh yeah, full credit to us. I mean, like G Marsh has to be listening <laughs> to the CFP. G Marsh has to be listening to the CFP podcast, right? Like, no, <laughs> no. It was it was a great it was a great game plan from from West. He's I too mean, busy fitting rings for himself every year. Okay, he doesn't. He, have he doesn't to listen to us. G Marsh is exactly like Skip in this instance. Those rings are too heavy. He doesn't want to wear them. It's Evan Hillock tweeted out, "Ring me." Uh, yeah, no, Western, Western put together a really good game plan in this one. I thought as soon as they started slinging the rock around the field, I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. And this then they started Savon Magne Jones too, who was there with an ankle yeah, injury, ankle injury. So. but Griffin Campbell in this one over a hundred yards, uh, early in this one though, kind of played out exactly their, their first drive was hilarious because it went Keon Edwards, Trey Humes, Trey Humes, Brett Ellerman on a PA. And like, I don't think we could have scripted that any more perfectly if we wanted to marsh tweeted out he was like the brett ellerman pa crosser just feels like westerns ask madden play yeah it does it really does um but no i i thought griffin campbell's first touchdown the big 50 yard of that one to me was like the one of the big momentum swingers uh yeah the the key one was obviously the third down stop uh saskatchewan i thought they went off tendency here uh, they kept nice instead of bringing in Watson. And then they tried to do like a, like a handoff lead dive with Mackert, uh, which is tendency breaker, right? Like usually you just bring in your short yardage package, you hand it off, but they didn't even go to their backup quarterback. Um, so they were unable to convert. Momentum was lost. And then uh, a little bit later, Griffin Campbell came on the diagonal route off the PA, which is just like the most dirty route to me in all of football if you're getting a slot running like the big deep over and you're going to throw some pa action under it like you can pull a low half away on the far side with like a bang route or just like a 10 yard out uh or like a five yard out and then you can run that pa and just pull the ball and you're gonna have space in behind that linebacking core griffin campbell hit it i mean i think they're in like a man coverage because i don't think any half was over uh with the with the corner, but Griffin Campbell just took off for the pylon. Uh, yeah. so kudos to him. That was a that was a great call uh, by the offense, and Griffin Campbell made the made the play happen with the touchdown. Whatever whatever Hillock saw, he saw it early. He let that ball rip, and uh, yeah, touchdown Griffin Campbell was a great play. Um, it, on, on the flip side of the ball for this one, for me, like the back end. <laughs> And it's funny because we talked about it as well on the Thursday show. The back end of the Western Mustangs defense looked incredible in this one. Yes, I will say Mason Nye still had 300 passing yards, but there was a lot of plays where it felt like Saskatchewan could have done a lot more damage than they did. And the, the athleticism, the speed of Western secondary was just so it was just too much to handle. It felt like at times for Saskatchewan and they just rallied to the ball so fast and closed down on everything so quickly. Yeah, really. Like if you were half a hitch late on your throw or your delivery, like those DBs were there. Uh, so kudos to them. I mean, Danny, Danny Valente had the defensive player of the game. Rory Kelly played fantastic. Kojo Odum had a good, uh, a good game, like solid. Um, 
But no, those DBs certainly were crediting uh, a credit to them for feeling this win. I know that it's not quite time yet. I might be getting ahead of myself a little bit, but in terms of draft stuff, I think this game and this season for Rory Kelly really boosted his stock. I mean, it remains to be seen where we're, we're where we're going to have him. It remains to be seen what that looks like come draft style, come draft time. But I really did feel that over the course of this season for Rory Kelly to be able to come in and just show out on a back end like the Western Mustangs in a program like Western um, boosted him a little bit for sure. Yeah, he he's by far the uh, AUS transfer that I think did the most damage. I mean, obviously, Vanya Cup winner, but uh, out of the guys that kind of transferred in from the AUS to the OUA, Rory Kelly's standing by himself, head and shoulders above the rest at this point in the year. Um, he proved he could compete with anybody in the country. So uh, kudos to them and kudos to the Western Mustangs for winning yet another Vanya Cup. Another one, man. Another. Uh, great to see it. Gotta love when the OUA wins. No, I'm just kidding. I won't, won't go there. Fuck. <laughs> won't go there. Uh, I do want to highlight one more player. Maybe I don't know if you have any, but I do want to highlight one more player from the Saskatchewan defense. Uh, this game was close, and this game was extra close and held close uh, in large part because this dude was absolutely all over the field for the Saskatchewan Huskies. Nick Weeb had a day, not a huge, not a huge stat day, but he popped on film in this one. He was definitely, uh, he, he popped on film in this one. He definitely made his presence felt throughout the course of this game. I mean, flew on tape in this one. Yeah, he did. And I mean, coming in as a transfer from Oregon, we knew the speed he had, but to see him translate it to the Canadian field and the Canadian style of game uh, was absolutely fantastic to see. I'm excited to see more of him as we go through the draft process and into next season. Um, but certainly a name to watch out for from the Huskies defense. Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty good. I, we've talked about these guys enough over the last uh, couple months. I think everyone knows the guy that I'm going to talk about. So I'm not even going to go there. But uh, he does wear number seven. He is named Colton Clawson and he is an absolute <laughs> stud. So on that note, we will leave it. Um, I was so thrilled by Colton Clawson, but no, we're, we're done. We'll, we've talked about him. Hey, if you want to go, I'll give you like 30 to a minute. If you just want to go, no, no, he no, did no, have a game. Okay. He did have a game. Uh, 58 punt yards, 58 punt return yards. I'm trying to bait you into talking about Clawson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to do it, Connor. Uh, no, 95 I receiving, mean, 58 punt return. He he had a good game. Seven for 95. Like any any stretch on a receiver, like outside of Griffin Campbell, who's the game's leading <laughs> leading yardage getter that wasn't a quarterback, right? So um no, nah, I thought he I thought he played a good game. Uh solid, bailed out uh nice sometimes and uh made some plays when it needed to be made. Um but no, I knew you were we'll, gonna uh, do it. I knew it. You baited me too much. <laughs> Uh, but that concludes today's episode. Get ready. Sunday, Merritt Brewing in Hamilton. The CFP gang will be there. Uh, come on and check us out in downtown Hamilton. I'm sure that Marshall will be wearing black of some kind. I don't know if he'll have gold on uh, to make it fully and completely ready. Um, but come on down. Check us out at Merritt Brewing. We will be there. I believe DT is joining us. Uh, I believe the gang is going to be there. Um, wow. 
we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but also make sure you head over to fox40shop.com to get 15% off everything in the store from the worldwide leader in whistle tech. Uh, mask, trial layer whistle mask, whistle gator, all of that jazz is still available. CFP 15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Yeah, I'm sure DT is going to need to get his hands on one of those Sonic Blast CMG whistles to cheer on the Ticats. I'm sure he doesn't want to see the Winnipeg Blue Bombers win after Tramp and his, his riders. But uh, stock up for Grey Cup Sunday with Sawdust City Brewing. They offer brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide varieties and to learn more about all their great beers. Or, hey, you can just come talk to their head brewer, Sam Corbet, on Sunday at the Merritt Brewing event. Use code CFL on their website, sawdustcitybeer.com, to receive free shipping on your first order over $100. You have to be of legal drinking age, and you must be an Ontario resident. But great beer, would highly recommend. If you do actually have any questions, Sam Corbet, head brewer of Sawdust City Beer, will be at Merritt Brewing. You can talk, talk his ear off about beer. He's a great dude, very knowledgeable. I would highly recommend getting into his ear about some of those flavors at sawdust because they have some great ones specifically our favorite the storm series stuff man so good uh check us out at social media at cf perspective at connor r o'neill at wade zank enjoy your week it's great cup week it's great cup festival week please oh, enjoy dude. responsibly if you are there uh we don't need any more cfl fan brawls we've had enough of those for a season uh, so please take care. Enjoy the great cup festival.